I'm so excited to preach on these two verses of the Bible from Galatians chapter 4. I've been thinking about the content of, of this for a long time, and it just has come together in these two verses at this point in time in history and in my life and in our church. And God's working through it all. So here they are, Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. A lot of churches throughout the world are reading this as the first Sunday after Christmas on this morning. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. This is the word of the Lord. How much did you get done in 2017? Or let me ask that differently. Did you get done in 2017 everything that you wanted to do in 2017? Were there some nights where you put your head on the pillow and you sighed, ah, I needed more time today. I didn't get everything done. I'll, I'll have to get to it tomorrow. And then tomorrow came and you put your head on the pillow and said, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. And... You know, that was like 1998 when you made that one New Year's resolution and you still haven't kept that yet 10 years ago. Um, that happens to us all, right? Uh, I, I, I'm reflecting on 2017, right? I'm thinking about how, what the year was for me, for our church, what I did, what I didn't do. And, and I can't help but reflect on this truth that, and this is true of all of us, I believe, that, that we all have our missed opportunities and we all have our undone to-do lists. And we all have our empty intentions. And we all have our unmet plans and goals. And, uh, and I bring those to sleep every night. And I wake up and they're still there. And they're on cluttered piles on my desk and in my office. And they're in my calendar and they're on my task lists. And... And they, they scream at me, like, we're not done yet! Get to work! Finish us! And it can make the day, or the weekly cycle, or a season of your life, or the year, feel incomplete. So here's what I do. If there's things, if I want to get everything done, and I don't get everything done... Then I add that to my list of things to do, and then that goes on top of the list that already existed for that next day of things to do, and then I have more to do, and that means there are more things that I don't get done, and then when I don't get things done, I have more to do, and right, it, it's, it's vicious. And so I try to save some time here so I can spend time there. I try to make time here and manage time over there. And then I realize, I'm a slave to time. There's always a countdown clock going on, tick, tick, tick. And then sometimes the final buzzer sounds and I'm not finished with what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to work on a relationship. I wanted to uh, love on certain people. I, I wanted to get certain projects done. And the buzzer goes off. Like, you didn't make it. 
Like those terrible dreams where you're like running through the airport and you're going to miss a flight and you just know you're going to miss a flight. This is in your dream, maybe for real even. And you're running through the airport and you make it to the gate and the door is shut and you miss your flight. Ah, now, now what? Life can feel like that. And so we become slaves to time. We, we try to plan and organize. We, uh, we strategize. We, uh, we budget time. And, and but you know what? We can never get everything done that, that we want to do. There's never enough time to do it all. And so we become slaves to time. Um, here's two questions that I like to ask to clarify how I'm being a slave to time. And number one is this. Do I have regret about the past? All right, so this is unresolved angst. And, and regret that I have about maybe a poor decision, about uh, something that I did that I didn't want to do, some opportunity that I missed, uh, and, and it follows me like a shadow. And it won't go away. It clouds my judgment. It clouds my days. There's regret about the past. Secondly, do I live with worry about the future? Right? So that can be now living in the present but all the present circumstances are swirling around in my head. I find it hard to go to sleep at night because I'm thinking about them. And why I'm thinking about them is I'm not sure how they'll shape up tomorrow or about the future, how, they'll, how, how, how the, the relationships in my life will work out, how the people drama will, will end up. I, I'm, I'm worried. I, and, and all of that worry and all that regret means that I'm a slave. But actually, I... I'm not so much a slave to time, to be honest. Time is a commodity. It's a thing. It's, it's benign. It's neither really good or evil. It's a thing. Like money is a thing. It, it can't rule me. It's a, it's a thing. Money can't rule me. Time can't rule me. I'm not time's slave. You know what I really am a slave to? Fear. I'm a slave to fear. I, I might not be able to do that because I'm doing that. I can't, I can't get it all done. I'm, I might not be seen as significant. I might, I might, not, I might not even survive. It, it's not going to work out the way that I want. And all that isn't so much a time issue as it is a, as a fear issue. And now there's, there's two solutions to that. There's two solutions to the fact that I can't do everything. I, I can't get it all done. The first solution is this. I must be infinite. Okay? The solution is, I can control time in such a way that I can get everything done. I have the abilities, and I'm equipped in a way that I can do it all. I have the mind to figure it all out. I'm never going to be confused again. I'm going to know exactly how to deal with it. I become infinite in my powers, and that is a dream. None of us are infinite. I'm not. You're not. We're not infinite. And so that leaves only a second option. So hold that thought. I've got to tell you about the sec second option. Um, I needed to show you this. I'm wearing a T-shirt here, so don't worry. This is G-rated for general audiences. This is, a, this is a Christmas present I got from my wife, Kara. I got to show it to you. It's a picture of 
Jesus, sitting around, hanging out with a bunch of superheroes, right? So there's, uh, there's the Hulk, right? He's angry enough to rip someone's head off. There's uh, Batman. Batman's equipped, he got all his gadgets, he's ready to apprehend any villain, right? There's Flash, he's holding the Bible, he's reading the Bible. Well, he's Flash, he's speed reading the Bible, right? And there's Jesus in the middle. Obviously, they're all sharing a bunch of stories about their superpowers, all right? And then right here, Jesus is saying to all of them, and that's how I saved the world. Yes. Any, you, you guardians of the galaxy, Star Wars, you name it, any superhero is not infinite. That's what makes their stories so compelling. That's why Hollywood can make sequels, right? Because they save the world one day and the next world, the world's not, the next day the world's not saved anymore because they didn't, can't really do it all. Superman is stronger than steel, but he's not stronger than? Well, uh, no, he's not stronger than the Hulk. No, he is actually, isn't he? Superman, he's not stronger than kryptonite, right? Superman is not infinite. He's not invincible. The Flash is fast, but he can't be everywhere at the same time. See that? Compared to Jesus, who is infinite. Jesus isn't just fast, he can be everywhere at the same time, right? He says, I am with you always. Jesus is almighty. There is no one stronger than, he, right? He created the world, he's almighty. Nothing is stronger. Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. There's no powers greater than me, even death, even sin. Right? Jesus is infinite. Now, how does that relate to time? Here it is. Even Jesus didn't do it all. So while you and I run around with our heads cut off, stressing ourselves out about what we didn't do and the missed opportunities and how we can't get it all done, we need to do more in 2018. And we try to be infinite. We try to know it all. We try to be everywhere. We try to do everything. Here's the Son of God, who is the infinite superhero and savior of the planet, becoming finite, becoming limited, limiting his own powers. You starting to see this take shape here? So th this, is what, this is what blows my mind. We have to dive into this. So let me spend a few minutes here as we explore the fact that, that Jesus, who is infinite, now becomes finite. And what I mean by finite? Well, he becomes, he, he, he comes under the limitations of our world. Jesus is, he becomes an embryo. He's existing in heaven's timeless perfection forever. And then he becomes a little tiny embryo in Mary's womb. And he develops over a period of about nine months as time goes on and he gets a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger, and then the time comes for the baby to be born. You see, Jesus is under the influence, almost the dictation of time. Time says, hey, Jesus, you're two years old. It, here's what toddlers do. Toddlers learn to walk and learn to talk. And Jesus does. 
Not time to, to grow a beard yet. Time will tell him when he can grow a beard. See that? So the infinite Son of God becomes finite in our world. And so now time has its chance to make Jesus its slave too. Time has its chance to control and master and boss around Jesus like it bosses around me. And there's the drama. Will it win? Will it do so? Will, will Jesus serve time or will time serve Jesus? Enter Galatians 4 verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law. When the set time had fully come, those of you who are old enough to appreciate the King James Version, that's a, it's a better translation, the King James Version. This is, the, this is the verse that I said when I was a little tyke in Christmas pageants, sitting on, under the lights and reciting verses. And I said, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born a woman, right? This translation just tries to help us understand a, a, a bit of an awkward, idiomatic Greek phrase in the original language, that word fullness of time. We don't speak like that. And so the NIV is trying to help us understand that by saying the set time had fully come. But that word fullness is really a good word, and I like it in there. Uh, in the original language, the picture of that word fullness is a, a quantity of full capacity. Okay, it's having a one-gallon jug and filling that one-gallon jug with one gallon of milk. That's fullness. Or uh, it's, it means completeness, like getting a 10. You can't do any better. You get a 10. That's it. You're, you're complete. You're perfect. Or a, or a collection of things that equals totality. Like, uh, like you have a shopping list, and it has 18 items on it, and you go to the store, and you put 18 items in your shopping cart, that's fullness. You, you met it. That's, that's the capacity of your shopping list. That's, the full, that, that's what this means, a quantity of capacity. And so 1 Corinthians 10 verse 26 says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, or, and everything in it, right? It's showing now God as being the director of this completion, this quality so that moment when God the Father sent his son, Jesus, to this planet. And that moment when, when Jesus was born, the Bible is telling us that's, that's a 10. That's a quantity of capacity of minutes and moments and years and millennia all brought into the fulfillment of this moment by God's grace and by God's design. And now... The fullness of time is here. God doesn't belong to time. Time belongs to God. God doesn't serve time. Time serves God. And yet, Jesus developed. Time told him he couldn't have a beard when he was two, but he could have a beard when he was 20. Time told him he, he wasn't going to learn to talk at two months, but he could learn to talk and walk later. Time told him these things. Time told him this is about the moment when you need to begin preparing to go to the cross and to head to Jerusalem with your disciples. 
that's boiling, the, the, the rhetoric, uh, the antagonism, the church culture, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, your enemies, right? It's to Jesus, it's time. And Jesus knew it was time. And he headed to Jerusalem. It was time to suffer and to die. All that put Jesus under time. That's really for Jesus uh, to serve time. Like you and I serve time, but he didn't serve it as slave. He served it so that he could fulfill for us what we can't fulfill in our lives. Now, that's just not, not, that's not all. Um, Jesus was born of a woman. It also says he was born under the law. Okay, so this just means there's more limitation. The law is God's law, everything that God expects, and it comes with boundaries. You can do this, but you can't do that. You can do this, but don't do that. Do this, don't do that. That's the law. It has boundaries. It says Jesus was now limiting himself as a finite human being under the law. He was obligated to everything that you and I are obligated to obey and to do in God's law. So you're seeing now that God is the Son of God, Jesus, the infinite Son of God is becoming finite. Why? What's the reason that all, what's the reason for Christmas, the reason he was born, the reason that he's under the law? Here it is. To redeem those under law that we might receive adoption to sonship. I've read dozens of time management books. Time management is kind of a hobby of mine. I like delving into it. I like practicing it perfectly all the time without a mistake ever. Not. Uh, but I like it. I've read dozens of books. And uh, Christian authors, when it comes to time management books, invariably, here's how they present Jesus. When they bring, if Christian authors write the book and they bring Jesus into time management, here's how they present him. Jesus was the perfect time manager. He got up early in the morning. Right? He, he, he helped people who were in need. He, he could help people in need. And while he's calming the storm with one hand, he can heal a leper with the other hand. Jesus had it all in control. The perfect time manager. As a matter of fact, Jesus said he would be in the grave for three days. And three days later, he rocked it. He rose from the dead. He is the perfect time manager. We should all be like Jesus. How does that make you feel? Uh, make me feel cruddy. I can't be that good. I can't minister to people the way that the Son of God ministered to them perfectly. There's some mornings I just I can't get out of bed early, no matter how much I want to. It's those covers are too comfy. I'm I can't rock it like Jesus does as a time manager until this one book that I read. All those just, I'm sorry, they made me feel cruddy. It didn't mean they weren't worthwhile. They had some good things to say, but not when it came to Jesus. And until this, this book put it this way, and, and I find this to be incredible, and uh, this will be my number one time management book that I'd recommend to you. Here's what it says. Jesus didn't do it all. Jesus didn't meet every need. He left people waiting in line to be healed. 
He left one town so that he could preach in another. He hid away from people so that he could pray. He got tired. He never interacted with the vast majority of the people on this planet. And yet, he did everything God asked him to do. I like that Jesus. Infinite Jesus, that's how I save the world. Teaching a lesson to finite superheroes who think they have to be infinite to win. To the people of this world, the, the normal, the, the Debbies and Darrens and Carls and Caleb's and Todd's, right? Just we're not superheroes. We're just normal people, but we try to be infinite and invincible to the new moms, the widows, the kids with learning disabilities, the retirees. Two solutions to doing everything. I got to be invincible. I got to be infinite. I got to do everything. That's our number one choice. And we, and we have to realize the invincible, infinite Jesus, when he made his choice, chose to be finite and limited and not do it all. He didn't heal every person who came to him and asked for help. He didn't preach in every town that, that was hoping he could come there on tour. And by it all, he's doing two things. Number one, he's giving you permission to not do it all. But the second one is bigger. This in Jesus is the fullness of time. Jesus is filling up for you. He's redeeming you. He's filling up for you those moments, those missed opportunities. He's filling those up so that you don't have to. He's filling up those moments when, when you're, you're in the car and, and the car's running and you're ready to go and your wife is late and you start to get antsy and anxious and angry and he's filling that moment up by saying, there's nothing wrong here. It's, this is full of my grace. It'll be okay. He's filling up those moments when a church wants to build a building and they're going on five years and they still don't have one up and all the neighboring churches are going to have churches built before we do. And he's filling that up with his grace, saying, there's nothing wrong here. This is full. It's quantity to capacity. It's a 10. It's complete. It's a shopping list that, with a shopping cart that has everything that it needs. So when you are facing 2017 with regret, and you think, I didn't do it all. There were things I, I wish I had done that I did not. Those are full. Those are, those are done, they're accomplished by Jesus who didn't do it all, who became finite. And when you're facing 2018 with a bit of anxiety and maybe some worry, can I really handle it? Can I get through it okay? What's going to happen? Don't worry. Jesus is already there. And he has already filled every moment and every opportunity. And he's ready for you to walk into 2018 as a full of grace believer. Um, I want to end with these two verses in John chapter 1. Uh, because... 
because of this. They use the same word. These are Christmas verses from John chapter 1. And, uh, and we use them on Christmas Day sometimes or when studying the doctrine of the dual nature of Jesus. He's fully man and fully God. And it, and it brings the story to full cycle. When we're talking about fullness and our need to do everything and we want to fill it up and Jesus' fullness, these verses say it all, right? Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. That's the same word. Jesus makes it full. and He fills every moment, every opportunity you have, every calendar item on your Google calendar. He fills it with grace and with truth. It is not yours to fill. It is his to fill. And he does it perfectly. Out of his fullness, we have all been received grace in place of grace already given. Jesus, that same word again, he fills the, the one gallon jug and the shopping cart of your life with so much grace that he's piling his grace on top of grace and it's spilling out of your jug and it's spilling out of your shopping cart and it's spilling out of your calendar and your schedule and your anxiety and your fear and there's so much of it overwhelms you. That's all from the God who is both infinite and finite, both unlimited and limited, so that he can redeem you from your missed opportunities, from your fear, and from your worry. So go now. Galatians 4 verse 5 says you've been adopted to sonship. You've been given this rich inheritance, and your inheritance is the fullness of Jesus and his grace, so go spend it. It's a blank check. You can't, you'll never run out of the grace of God in your life. Go spend it. Spend your inheritance now. Don't wait. Spend it in how you live. Spend it in making the most of more opportunities as worship and praise to Jesus who's already there. Spend it by not worrying, by not living with regret, by being brave and courageous. Spend it because it's not you. It's Jesus. 2018, as much as 2017, as much as 0 B.C. A.D. belongs to him. To him be the glory. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, you are incredible, and I'm just glad that I can learn more about you when I study your word, when we're here in worship together, hearing from your heart in the scriptures, what you want us to know and love and believe and do. Thank you for expanding our appreciation of you today as we see how you became limited in the miracle of Christmas in order to provide us unlimited grace and mercy. Lead us now and guide us in the week ahead and the new year ahead to not miss opportunities, to, to do what, not so much what we want to do, but what you want us to do. And to live confidently that when we do that, every day, every week, the entire year will be fulfilled because of you, because of your grace, and for your glory. Amen.